Joe Espada is the new manager of the Houston Astros. Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Des, producer Josh. Joe Espada is the 20th manager in franchise history for the Houston Astros, taking over the reins from Dusty Baker. Des, Josh, let's get into it. Joe Espada is the guy. They got day. it done. It's a great day. We were on this podcast last week. We were asked the question, is it going to be Joe Espada? Yep. We said yes. Great weekend. Yeah. We yeah. just uh, just watched the press conference where they introduced him, him and Dana Brown, the general manager. And, you know, one of the things that I read this morning is that they didn't even interview anybody else. It was always Joe It was Spada. always Joe. It was, it was always, always Joe. Joe. It was always Espada. And, you know, last episode, we talked about so many different candidates, Vegas odds, yeah. things that we've heard, things that we've read. And it was always Joe. It was always it was Joe. Joe all I, along. I feel like Taylor Swift could write a song and call it. It's it was always Joe. It was always. That's actually pretty fire. Yeah, yeah. it was always Joe. We'll take like one percent royalties, Swifties. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I will be a Swiftie if we get one percent royalties. But Joe Spot finally getting a shot. He's been interviewed for other manager spots. Yeah, obviously we're going to go through his uh, history of of being in the big leagues and coaching and things like that. But after watching fifteen minutes of the press conference, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm bought in, dude. You bought in? I am ready to run you, through. You were a, a little skeptical at first. Dude, I was re- I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. Like like <laughs> I, I gotta, you know, I gotta keep readjusting because I'm a little bricked up. No, oh, all, right. all right. I'll um, make sure to keep the camera up. Yeah, you know, yeah, let's keep, keep it up. up. But, but in all seriousness, like I would I'll, I'll admit it. I was a little skeptical. I was skeptical because he had been interviewed for other positions as a or potential manager positions, and he has not gotten a job as a big league manager. And again, if you want to go to another sport, look at Eric Bieniemy in the NFL. Dude's interviewed for like a thousand manager or not manager head coach spots, and he's never gotten it well because he's quote unquote bad interviewer. After what he the way that he just talked, Joe Espada, you can tell he's personable. You can tell he's a man of faith. You can tell that he's going to have a good balance of analytics and feel. And yet, the most important thing that I I thought at some point might be a downfall is his relationship with the players. He said it goes both ways, the trust factor. They trust me, I try. I trust them, but trust is earned. Mm. I, I just, everything he said, bar. man. Bar. It's a bar. It, bar. It, like, everything he said, and, and another thing, I, I tweeted it out. As, it was like one of the first things he said is, you know, he's been here since 2018. He said, I love this city, I love this team, and I love this community. I can't wait to get working. Mm-hmm. Dude, fire go me up, work. man. Like, get it's a get sim- your hard hat on. Dude, I'm ready to go. Go to work. I'm ready to go. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm full. I'm on board. I'm on board. And here's the best part. It's not Brad Hosmus. I got Ray Montgomery. I got the I got the text Thursday night and I sent it to y'all. Yeah. Uh, it was imminent. We 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 mm-hmm. we got the we got the lead in on it. Yeah. But it was still ninety percent. Yeah. So that was that was a great that was a great text to receive and um. I think the other side with the spotted two and and to to harp on the the elephant in the room is he never got a manager job. Right. Yeah. And also thinking, if you go back and look, the 17 job was David Ross, correct? Like they got David Ross when he interviewed for the Cubs. Yes. Yeah. So, and then in 19 was the Rangers. So it was Woodruff or whatever his name was. Wood- Woodard or whatever his yeah. name was. Yeah. Chris Wood- Woodard. Yeah. So those are guys already that were in that system. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if we really had a chance to begin with. Cubs brought I- it back twice though. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Two interviews, right? Yeah. So that but, means they showed interest. Interest. But I think it was like, hey, we have our guy. Let's yeah. still. But that I think that speaks volumes. Um, I think he 
in 21, he interviewed for Oakland. So maybe that's the only one where... I think the Rangers, too, at one point. Yeah, the Rangers was in 19 when he interviewed. Um, So, look, the Astros got their guy. They have a guy that developed Jeremy Pena to be a gold glove. Carlos Correa speaks at nauseum about how great a spot it was to his development at being shortstop. You have a guy that not only is a player-led coach, but also was going to be the guy for Team Puerto Rico if that drama on the back end didn't happen in the World Baseball Classic. And you have a guy that's been here since 2018, and I think it speaks volumes that he transitioned with two managers. Because obviously after the scandal broke, the pandemic year, Dusty was not going to like bring in all his own guys. He was going to try to have some some a transition team. But after 21, he could have very moved very well moved off Joe Espada, but kept Joe Espada around. Yeah. And I think that speaks volumes of how great of a coach he was in that time period. And oh, by the way, he's seen a World Series, multiple pennants, yeah. and nothing but ALCS. He knows the he knows formula to, to success in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how how often do new managers come in and the bench coach stays the same especially not, not especially after how much the astros you know whole thing was blown up when dusty 100%. came in like that's kind of wild that i didn't even really think about that yeah i mean he, he, he literally stayed he was hinch's guy yeah scandal broke all the fallout dusty still stayed mm-hmm. and then stayed after that when okay this was a transition year and i'm gonna bring my guy in no it was still joe it was always Joe Espada. Yeah. Always it was Joe. always Joe. Yeah. He's been through, let's see, AJ Hinch, Dusty Baker. Uh, I believe. Three GMs? Was, right. Three GMs. <laughs> that's another thing. And I, and I believe when he was with the Yankees, he had Joe Girardi. He was also, yeah. I, I, whoever he was with when, what he was with the Marlins in 2010, right? 2009, 2002, whoever. So he's been a coach. With the Marlins, the Yankees, now the Astros. So that's three big league clubs that he has learned under different managers and general managers. If you go to his Wikipedia page, you can look at that firm handshake. Look at that. Yeah. Look at look at that. Look at those forearms, dude. We can, our coach is yoked. Yeah, man. He was he was putting the jersey on uh, Dana Brown and uh, the PR the communication team for the Astros put it on. I was like, damn, dude, this guy's kind of kind of yacked. Only forty eight. Yeah, from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Another guy that's high on him is. Uh, Alex Cora. Alex Cora. He tweeted out something with the Puerto Rico flag. Friend of friend of the program. Is he, though? Alex Cora? He is? Probably. Probably I mean, not. I'm wearing Probably Apple. not, after I'm, some of the things we tweeted. I'm <laughs> wearing an Apple Watch. He was always he was always, my, he was always my guy. Yeah. Was he? I love Cora. Why Why was he always your guy? I, I think he it fall in the same vein mm-hmm. as, as Espada. A, a players coach? Players coach. Was a great bench coach. Was a great buffer between manager and... Uh, players did it, did anything it took to win? Did anything did that took anything, anything by, that by took to win? Any, any means necessary? Got that dog in him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you really you know? love a guy like that. And, uh, and also, also yeah. had the vision yeah. to upgrade a system from a caveman like to a digital Apple Watch like too. So that was True. a real workman right. uh, mentality. <laughs> yeah, really, of, of Joey C. You got to adjust to technology. Yeah, you have to. You have to make adjustments. Like, it's a game of adjustments. If you don't, you're getting left yeah, in the back. A hundred percent. You got to adapt or die. And so he went straight to the Apple Watch. So good. But with the uh, times. Yeah, hey, good, yeah. Good, good for Absolutely. Alex Cora. <laughs> Check that out. All right. Who is Joe Espada? All right. Who is the manager of the Houston Astros? Well, it's Joe Espada. But what does his history look like? So let's let's check it out and go through 
who Joe Espada is. Uh, I believe he played for, he played some college ball, University of Mobile. Hmm, Mobile Rams. 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 He set a Mobile record with a 442 batting average. Drafted by the Oakland Athletics. 45th overall, man. Wow, okay. Strong. Second round, 1996. Um, And then he, you know, kind of bounced around a little bit. Let's see. Played some indie ball. But let's get into his coaching career. He became a coach in the Marlins organization. Served as the hitting coach for the Greensboro Grasshoppers. Shout out. Shout out the Grasshoppers. Fire name. (laughs) Of the Class A South Atlantic League, you know, six. Uh, then for the Jupiter Hammerheads of the Class A Advanced Florida State League in 07, Espada spent the next two seasons as the Marlins minor league infield coordinator. Uh, the Marlins named Espada as their third base coach prior to the 2010 season. He coached for the Puerto Rican national baseball team during the 2013 World Baseball Classic. My gosh, man, he's, he's been in the big league. He's been coaching. grinding. Yeah, he grinding. Has. He's grinding. Grinding. He served as the Marlins third base coach through the 2013 season. All right, so he's with the Marlins from 2010 to 2013. They wanted him to be the manager in Jupiter, but he said, nope. Uh, I'm going to take a job with the New York Yankees as a special assistant to the general manager, Brian Cashman. Then in 2015, he was elevated to team's infield coach, a third base coach, um, and he – it was in that role from 2015 to 2017 and then came over to the Houston Astros in 2018. And we know the rest is history. Now yep. he's the manager grinding. So he's had, he's got, grinding. obviously got plenty of big league experience. He's a baseball, Paid his dues. baseball lifer. Yeah. He's paid his dues. Yep. I, I love it. I mean, the, when he was talking to his um, daughters about mm-hmm. how like, you know, you can be anything you want, you yep. work hard and eventually, you know, you'll reach your dreams. Like that was Powerful. Oh, that was powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah, he said, you know, how we talk every day going to school about, like he said, following your dreams and, and working hard and things like that. And he said, daddy's living his dream or daddy's got his dream. Damn. Um, yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff, man. So you can tell this has obvi- you know, obviously been a massive goal of his. He's finally got it. Um, and he's put in the work and it's come to fruition for him. Yeah. And again, man, just everything he said in his, his press conference – um, has me fired up as a fan. And honestly, he's he's learned from three great guys. Yeah, I mean, Girardi is was a baseball lifer and and has a title. Hinch has a title. Dusty has a title. And like to to come from those trees, that's yeah. Just keep it keep the party going. And I think the best thing about it is in the press conference, he was like, "Yeah, we have a, a few things we got to shore up, fill some gaps, but." Let's go to work. Like yeah. he knows how great this lineup is, how this team is. Yes, it fell short this year, mm-hmm. but I mean, keep keep the window going and keep giving you an opportunity to play for pennants and play for gold banners, and that's all you can ask for. And have yeah. that mindset from your skipper. I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I think it's a great day. I, I think with him having experience here in Houston, with um. He got me all fucked up with my hands and shit. Um, <laughs> he was doing power, power moves. Yeah, I think with with the experience of being under AJ Hinch and yep. then being under Dusty Baker and learning different ways and what worked for AJ, what worked for Dusty, what didn't, what didn't. Yeah. Right. So then and that's going to lead into what kind of manager will Joe Espada be? Yeah. Especially with analytics, because we know how analytically driven that this Houston Astros organization is. Yeah. So, what will Joe Espada's lineup look like? Yeah. Now that he's the manager, 
What's the lineup going to look like? Uh, Yanir Diaz, baby. It is Yanir season. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think he's gonna he's gonna play his guys. Uh, Dusty played his guys, but I, uh, more in the sense of like, hey, we we're gonna have an optimal lineup, and, and we're gonna we're gonna push it down the field. I I do you, do you think we see more consistent lineups? Yeah. Well, than, I mean, you would assume. Yeah. Rather than resting guys, you know, well, often. I, th- I think I think this is what I think. The biggest knock against Dusty Baker, or at least for me, was the inconsistent lineup, right? 162 games. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like 140 different lineups, 150 different lineups. Might be a little bit hot takeish or embellished a little bit, but there was a lot of different lineups. We saw it. We knew it. We talked about it ad nauseum. Like we talk about it all the time. I think that the front office works with the manager. Yeah. And has matchups, has tendencies, has analytically driven things. But then I also think there's got to be a good balance between still having feel and knowing the players and then also knowing the data that backs up things. Yeah, he mentioned that in the press conference. Right, and and I think Dusty Baker leaned more towards the feel and his knowledge, which is fine. That's the way that he ran things. Yeah. But it's probably not how the front office wants things ran as a yeah. team and a lineup. So I think with Joe Espada, I think he will work better – with Dana Brown and the front office guys or girls that are running these analytically driven spreadsheets and stat sheets and all this other stuff. So I yeah. think you have to have a good balance. And I think Joe Spotter will do that. Yeah. I think there was some unnecessary friction between Dusty's way and the Astro way in the sense of you got to think as on a human element, people are working to go through all this data, make a game plan. And then it wasn't used. Right. Like, over 162, that would get incredibly frustrating yeah. Yeah. that you're doing all this work. You're, put, you're putting hours of work into this thing to say for him to say, nah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and now you have the opportunity for, for that to actually go into play. And and obviously, we know the the fine balance of, <laughs> of, of analytics and feel and gut. And there's no matter what, how you slice it, the other side's going to have their pitchforks ready because, like, Cash pulling Snell in 2020 is still the most outrageous analytical thing yeah. of all time. Terrible where decision. the other side of it was Hinch also pulling Grinky. Yeah. And we've seen Dusty keep someone in too long or, you know, ride the hot hand. We've seen Bochi just go to his guys this past year. Like you see, and no matter where you go, even um, the Arizona head coach, uh, Tony uh, Lovello. Lovello, yeah. It, it was damned if you do, damned if you don't. Zach Gallon is. Is cruising through six. He's at sixty-five pitches. Yeah, he had a no-hitter going, and you knew that third time through the lineup. It was like, well, here comes the juxtaposition of analytics and gut feel. Like, if he goes out there and shoves, they're gonna be like, oh, look at the look at the analytics. They wanted him pulled. Well, he left him in, and he got shelled that third yeah. time through. Yeah. So, like, it's always gonna be damned if you do, damned if you don't. But as long as you have a game plan, I think. Yeah. And and you're just not flying by the seat of your pants, and it's yeah. ironic because. All we do here is fly by the seat of our pants. <laughs> but if you have a you have a game plan you, and you trust it and all the work that's gone into it, but you can also adapt in the moment to be like, I'm going to ride this one in my gut right Yeah, here. that's that. that uh, and I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, and, and also it goes back into what baseball is. It's a game of adjustments. And that has to start with your manager. Oh, 100%. So I think, you know, in hindsight, when you look back at that game seven where uh, AJ Hinch pulls Zach Grinke, I'm sure he either – still makes that move and doesn't go to Will Harris, maybe goes to Garrett Cole in the bullpen, or he doesn't. Or he just relies on Zach Grinke to get you through 
that and, inning. And well, let's not dwell on it. But no, no, no. Well, what where I'm Harris made like, a made a good pitch and like yeah, another, right. But what a I'm couple saying, baseball things go the other way. Oh and yeah, that's a great decision. Like no question. Like raising it. What's the dude's? Howie Kendrick put a good swing on it and yeah. got it off off the foul. But what I'm saying is like, you still have to have a good feel for yeah. feel yeah, in yeah, baseball absolutely. as a manager or a head coach in college, like whatever or. High school, youth baseball, whatever you're doing. You can look at statistics all day long, but still, there still comes a time when you have to go off of gut and feel. Like in game five of the ALCS when 100%. Joe Espada, he pinch hit for Yanir and John Singleton. I would under I, I bet there was analytics behind it, but also there's got to be some feel in that moment. You're going to pinch hit John Singleton who didn't yeah. have that many at-bats? And, and so, Chandler confirmed finally that Singleton had no idea he was batting that ninth inning until the ninth inning. So that yeah. confirms that was a spot making the calls. Yeah. And the way he lined it up is Yanir lead off with no one on. We know Yanir with no one on is freaking prime Mickey Mantle. Yeah. And then knowing that Singleton honestly is a really tough out because yeah. of, of his walk rate and doesn't expand the zone. And it leads to the Altuve iconic home run in that moment. Um, that's, that resonates. And look, there will be times where that falls flat on your face, mm -hmm. where Yanir rolls over and Singleton strikes out. But as long as you're taking those chances late in the game and giving yourself an opportunity, it's, yeah, it, it's all about, you know, the analytic nerds will tell you this. Um, increasing I, the I percentage. I talk with them. You increase your percentage of your chance to win, whether that's 1%, 10%, 30%. It might be a small adjustment that only increases your chance to win 1%, but wouldn't you rather have a 78% chance of winning rather than a 77% chance of winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, But yeah, you have to balance that with that feel. And yeah. look, he's not going to go 162-0, and 0, everyone in the comments. Like, he's going to lose 60 to yeah. 70 games. That is the sport we're in. But as long as you're maximizing your probability to win and giving your guys a chance, I, I, it's almost like it feels like in NFL or college football when you see a, a, a team punt like on, on fourth and one, set, fourth set and two, and, and – you just can see the demeanor on the sidelines of heads go down. Yeah. But like, if you go for it and you give your team a chance to put a game away yeah. or, or go get that first down, make the defense beat you. Yeah. But, but also that's I, all, I feel like that's, that's what we'll see more of this year. Like we'll see more less punting and, and, and more offense yeah, it, in that, in that analogy. And I think it goes deeper than that. I think it also shows the guys and your players that you have their back and like, Hey, let's fucking go. Yeah. No, we ain't punting. We're going for it. I think that 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 speaks dividend. That shows the clubhouse and that shows the dugout that you that their manager is ride or die for you. So I think he'll do a better job of that. And I also think there's some there's a couple of at bats that I'm thinking of. There was I forgot it was a late 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 regular season game where you could have pinch hit Chaz McCormick. Dusty could have pinch hit Chaz McCormick, mm -hmm. but he went with the matchup. Like, oh, you know. Oh, he pinch hit. No, he pinch hit uh, John Singleton. And he struck out. Yeah, to and end the game. Chaz McCormick was on the bench. Right, yeah, and it was upset. because the righty or whatever, the lefty, le uh, righties, righties at the plate are only hitting like a buck ten against, against, against whoever it was. But in my mind, in that situation, you look who uh, you look at your pinch hitters that are on the bench. You ride who's who's fucking yeah. hot. And at that moment, Chaz McCormick was hot. That should have been the pinch hit. That's where the feel comes in to yeah. me. Yeah, you can look at statistics all day long, but if Chaz McCormick in the last three games is hitting six hundred, did you fucking pinch mm -hmm. hit him? Fuck, da damn the damn the statistics. I, I, I think a little bit with that with Dusty is 
him naturally, maybe 10 years ago, yeah. does pinch hit the best hitter on the bench. But I think I think he found himself maybe criticize, criticize, criticize. He I think he found himself Damn maybe trying to trying to um make the analytics people happy in some instances. He's like, fuck yeah. it, whatever with it, whatever they if they want that, then we'll do that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was it was less of a collaboration and more yeah. of a punch back and forth. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think with Joe Spada and I think a big thing that Dusty did last year, to be honest, and I know we're running up on time, but he gave a spot of full control of spring training. Yeah. It, it was, it, it reminded me of, of Carlos turning to Jeremy the year before he left. It was like, Hey, I want you to be on my hip, be my shadow and learn everything because this is probably going to be your job next year. Yeah. Um, so to have him run camp and yeah, like it's a little thing, but to run the entire training camp before you actually become a manager it's huge like yeah, spring yeah. training's a grind we were there for a month there's we, a there's a lot of moves you have to make <laughs> throughout those games like spring training love it yeah. we're gonna be out there again but for a month we were just there for they were there for a month and a half it is the most it's literally groundhog day every day is the same it's the same thing it drives you insane after like four or five days the excitement really wears off oh when my it's gosh. like 130 it's hot cool. you're sitting there and you're just like you're, i just want to go eat some lunch and like relax and you're playing the same teams yeah, over yeah, and over yeah, again yeah. too so to have joe run camp that way i think is a huge yeah. huge thing no one's really talking about because he can just step in this year and, and do what he did last year run it the way he wanted to yeah. so yeah um it's great i'll tell you what though you talk about spring training any uh, single A teams want to throw a couple contracts our way? I'll sign for a snapback hat and a bus ticket. You know what I'm hey, saying? I went three for three on my alumni game, dude. I, I turned around 87. I still did got you? it. Hell yeah, dude. Look, 97, Man. dude. Look, 97. Could you you, you, you can't down. play again for another couple months. Ooh, so. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I, <laughs> yeah. My contract says after one game, I'm on the 60-day. I, I, I wish my university, I wish we at Sol Ross State had a, an alumni game. Mm -hmm. I couldn't play in it right now because of my back, but I would love if we had that. It's just you know, it's the the Harvard of West Harvard Texas, of the, Harvard, of the, Harvard of the Harvard of the South, Harvard, Harvard of West, West Texas. Texas. Right, we're in the same school. Yeah. Ivy League, yeah, Ivy League, baby. Check that out. All right, I know we got some people to recognize. Yeah, here absolutely. On, on the diamonds. If what you're is still it? watching uh, though, Zing Zang, make sure you subscribe. Hit that, yeah. smash that subscribe button. I mean, the Bloody Mary mix. Had some this weekend. Everyone knows I'm not a Bloody Mary guy, but had the blazing, boys. The perfect amount of heat. Especially the perfect amount of heat. It's cold and rainy. Cold and rainy. Perfect amount of heat to hit you, to wake you up a little bit. College football, NFL football. We've had the London-Germany games going. A little zing zing blazing mix. Zang responsibly. Uh, Big City Wings. We were out there last Sunday as well. Uh, the boys were watching CJ Stroud do his thing. Um, Houston's wing joint. Apollo's wing joint. Everything about what Sam and Gerald are doing is amazing. Look at bigcitywins.com. I guarantee there's one within like 20 miles of you yeah. in the greater Houston area. And uh, Celebrity Mint. We have a lot of big things lined up with them. Here's their uh, Ric Flair Blue Chibi. You can get it on celebritymint.com. Some of their gold trading coins as well back behind me. Uh, big things. They have uh, Mike Tyson at the end of the month on eBay Live. They're doing a drop with Mike Tyson. So... Uh, we'll be out there. Meet Iron Mike. We have some giveaways next some week planned. Away, yeah, yeah, we have some giveaways. So follow them at the Celebrity Mint. Uh, follow Zing Zang at Zing Zang and Big City Wings at Big City Wings on their socials. So uh, shout out to them because that this doesn't happen without them. All right, last thing before we get out of here. For the city of Houston, 
The Astros window is wide open. Still, you just hired the new manager, Joe Espada, for your Houston Astros. The Houston Texans, 5-4. and four. They just walked off the Bengals in Cincinnati. They're 5-4. and C.J. Stroud is going to win Rookie of the Year, and he's in the MVP conversation. The Houston Rockets just beat the Denver Nuggets. They've won six in a row. The optimism in this city for Houston sports... Don't forget the Dynamo. ...is the Dynamo. How can I forget the Dynamo? My bad. The Dynamo. In the playoffs. Second round of the MLS playoffs. They play Kansas City. In Houston. The sports in this city, the optimism... Hell in the shell. ...is at an all-time high. Yes, sir. For, or we, at least for the we're first back. time in a long time. City's back. You say we're back? City's back. The streets are saying we're back. Are they back? They're back. The streets back. are saying we're back. That's going to do it for Beyond the Diamond. All right. Thank you for watching and listening to Beyond the Diamond Podcast. I'm Josh. That's been Des and Brian. And we will see you next time. Ghost Rose. Vamos! Peace. Love you guys.